0: Block Talk Radio Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. Tonight we have the phenomenal rock band The Raskins coming on, the Twin Brothers, these guys are amazing and we're going to talk all about the album that they are releasing tomorrow. It is self-titled. But before I bring Logan on the air, he's the vocalist and he's going to be calling in tonight. Just wanted to introduce everyone to my show. If anyone is new and tuning in tonight, first wanna just thank everyone. The show's been going on for three years now. It's going very strong. I just want to thank everyone for the support. And please check out the podcast. The premise of my show and the reason I started it was I really wanted to create a forum where I could bring people on in the entertainment industry to support them and help promote them. A little bit about myself. My background is I am a clinical psychologist. That's what my doctorate degree is in. And that's my profession. I, I work in clinical and forensics. Um, but my other passion is the entertainment industry. I'm a singer-songwriter and I also write for some magazines, and then my other um, passion is my interviewing skills, and I really wanted to combine my psychology background with entertainment, of course, in a professional way where I could interview people and really get, let my audience get to know my guests. I mean, my interviews are very different from any others. I'm not just kind of throwing some cookie-cutter questions out. You really get a good taste of what these people's lives are like, what it's like to be in their profession. Um, so on my show, just please keep in mind, although I mentioned I'm a clinical psychologist, my show is purely meant for entertainment purposes. Uh, we do sometimes pull some psychology concepts into it in an educational way, but um, that's the extent to that. And also have a great sense of humor, so I want my guests to really feel down to earth to talk about whatever they'd like, but just to keep any identifying information um, or names of people, et cetera, anonymous because we don't want to personally humiliate or embarrass anyone. So if you're tuning into the show, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. You can also call in tonight if you'd like at 805-243-1320. I have all the information in the chat room posted, but I am a one-person show, so I really want to hone in my and hone in on my interview at Logan and be able to really focus on all my notes and research that I did on these guys. So these guys are going to join tonight, some of the other amazing bands that I've been so honored to interview including national bands like Royal Bliss, Smile Empty Soul, Eve to Adam, Raw, Blacklight District, Art of Dying, Otherwise, Soil, and the list goes on. So please, as I mentioned, you can download my podcast for free. I have interviews with comedians such as Tom Cotter from America's Got Talent, um, soul makers, entrepreneurs, and lots of interesting people. So let's see if Logan has called in. All right, he is there, but let me uh, do a nice introduction for these guys. All right, so the Raskins, it's been very interesting. As I said, I don't want to give too much away. They only formed a few short years ago as a band. Um, the Raskins' brothers, Logan and Roger, they started out in the music industry many years ago and have become very accomplished composers and have written music for TV and film. Uh, Their music is really a conglomeration. I mean, when you hear, I've had a chance to stream the album, and it's it's great. So I'm really highly recommending people check it out tomorrow, download it. It will be available. As I said, it's self-titled. It's a conglomeration of rock, retro, alternative, pop rock, singer-songwriter, and... Really, any song off of these guys' album could literally be a hit single. I mean, it's that perfect three-plus-minute song, very catchy hooks and melodies. So they have some great stuff. We're going to check out a couple of the songs tonight on the show. And they're currently on tour with uh, Scott Weiland, and they will be doing a summer tour with the modern rock band Saving Abel, another favorite band of mine. So for more information about these guys, you can check them out. Go to theraskins.com. And lastly, but not least, I want to thank Chip Ruggieri from Chipster PR and Consulting Incorporated. I have worked um, on many interviews with him, and it's such a pleasure always coordinating interviews with him. So again, uh, check him out, too, and support him. All right. Let's bring Logan on. Hey, Logan. How are you?
1: Good. How are you guys doing?
0: Good, good. Welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on and support the Raskins tonight.
1: Oh uh, yeah, as well it's a pleasure being here. Appreciate you guys having me on.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um it's funny you're saying you guys, I'm a I'm a one person show. I'm just joking around with you. But um, that's fine if you think there's multiple people involved. Maybe it makes my show look even uh bigger than it is, so to speak. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> so um but thank you for joining me and as I mentioned I've I've done a lot of um interviews through uh Chip Ruggieri and it's it's always a pleasure working with him too.
1: Oh well it's my pleasure to be on.
0: I did a lot of research on you guys, and it's a very interesting story you um, have to share. So I want to kind of do like a, a timeline thing where we're going to talk a lot about kind of you growing up with your brother, how you got involved in the industry, and then we're going to progress to where you guys are at today because I think there's so many interesting stories and pieces of information, so to speak, that people might not know about you guys that, you know, it took yeah. a lot of time when I did the research to find out. So tell us a little bit about, you know, where did you specifically grow up and, um, you know, what were you guys like as kids? I know your family was very involved in music and entertainment, so, you know, tie in a lot of that stuff too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, we, you know, my brother and I grew up in a very musical uh, family and musical background. Um, uh, Our parents were heavily into the music industry for many years. Uh, Our father, Tommy Raskin, was a uh, big Broadway star and was in all the, uh, you know, some of the original casts of like West Side Story and Oklahoma and South Pacific and Annie Get Your Gun wow. and Dan Yankees. So, I mean, we, I grew up, you know, going to all those shows, seeing my dad play the lead roles on, on Broadway with all of that. And, uh, and, and, uh, and our mother, uh, Judy Raskin, but she performed under the name Judy Lee was a, was a big jazz singer around New York City, and she was always performing as well so um I mean for us growing up and having our parents that were involved that much into the entertainment business as as they were, you know i mean it was pretty uh inevitable that we were both going to end up doing music you know <laughs> we were we were always we were always around it um, you know my parents raised us in New york City so um, I mean, not only do we always get a chance to go see them perform. I mean, with all the the, the club scenes around there, I mean, just uh, all the music that we were raised around. It was just, you know, we had so many influences growing up. Um, which right. It definitely shows in in our in our style today, but. I mean, with my parents. I mean, learning all their sheet music and learning all those, all those Broadway tunes. And and you know, my parents were very into like the big band sound and and you know, Nat King Cole and Sarah Vaughan and Frank Sinatra and Barbara Streisand and all of that. But nice. Um, you know, I mean, as as Roger and I got a little bit older and we started going into the clubs in New York City. I mean, then it slowly turned from that into like uh, Iggy Pop and the Stooges and the Ramones and the Talking Heads and Blondie and 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 Kiss and and, uh, right, Simon, right. and Garf- uh, Simon and Garfunkel Simon and Garfunkel Steely Dan and Richie Haven so you know we so, there were so many influences we had just being raised in that environment uh right. I mean so one of the one of the first talk? one of the Go ahead
0: I just wanted to, yeah, I just want to digress a little bit before we get too far into where you guys are today. Talk a little bit about, you know, what was that like for you as kids? I mean, being really young, and you know, having these parents that are very accomplished and very established in the entertainment industry. You know, tell us some stories. Like, what was that like? You know, going to a show and sitting there as a young kid. And did you have to travel with your parents? Did you miss school a lot? <laughs> you know, fill us in well, on that, it's, some it's, of that stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, it's funny. I mean, our parents didn't like to travel, have us come on the road with them. I mean, they always thought the road was very difficult, and they didn't really always want us around that. But, I mean, there were plenty of times where, you know, my dad was packing up the car to go do shows on the road up in the, up in the mountains, up in the Catskills, or the Concord Hotel upstate New York, and and uh, myself or Roger would sneak into the back of the car and, and hide down in the back of the seat and my dad couldn't see us back there, and he'd be about an hour and a half into his drive, and we'd pop up, and my dad would be like, wow, what are you guys doing here? You know? oh, and he'd my call God. my mom. And he's like, I got the twins in the back of the car. I guess they're coming on the road with me. So, I mean, we were so attached to my dad, you know. So, wow. he, you know, occasionally we would kind of pop in Pop in on him like that and surprise him in the car, and, and he, you know he would right. take us down the road with them for like two two weeks at a time. But I mean, look, you know, growing up when you're six and you're seven, eight years old, and your and your dad is playing to these sold out venues and in these different hotels. I mean, he's you know sure. he, he was like our hero growing up, you know. And uh, right, so I mean, ha- having that as an influence was was very impactful for us. Um, but, I mean, they, you know, they wanted to expose us to different kinds of music. I mean, the first concert we ever went to, uh, you know, our parents took us to a Ray Charles concert out in Eisenhower Park. And, okay, I mean, we sat right in the front, and that just, it blew my mind, you know. And after that concert, I was like, Mom, you know, I want a, I want a piano. You got to get us a piano. And she made sure she put a piano in our bedroom. I had a piano in my bedroom for the next 15 years. So Roger and I, you know, at a young age, we were doing all our composing when we were very young all on piano. And then uh It's amazing. Slowly and, and
0: real quick, as you're, as you're talking about the piano and stuff, I mean, it, and it sounds like you guys are multi-talented, playing a variety of different instruments. Were you guys taught by your parents? Did you teach yourselves? Did you get formal lessons? Tell us a little bit about, you know,
1: well, as you're now talking well, about how you're
0: getting into music.
1: Yeah, you know, they used to teach us how to kind of read and write music. Um, I mean, they were teaching us their sheet music at a very young age. Um, okay. So then when we when they put, brought the piano into the house, yeah, they they were giving us piano lessons and stuff like that. But, I, you know, I remember the, the piano instructors, you know, they were just trying to teach us, like, the basic fundamentals of, um, you know, scales and stuff like that. And all I wanted to do was learn my dad's sheet music. I just kept flopping <laughs> down sheet music in front of the instructors. I like, look, just teach me that, <laughs> you know. But, right. um, but yeah, I mean they 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 try they tried to teach us the, the the basic fundamentals and but it really our you know our abilities really came from just spending time around those musical instruments. I mean, having a mm-hmm. piano in your bedroom growing up, you're going to sit and fiddle on that thing all the all the time. You know, I wasn't. I wasn't, we weren't one of those kids that were always watching TV. We didn't even have a TV in our, in our, in our bedroom, you know? So I would sit on the piano. Yeah, sit on the piano and, and, and play and compose music for hours. I mean, I was, we were composing music at seven, at eight years old. You know, I was, I was writing, writing songs, you know? And, and, uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, those moments growing up were very important, you know, how our parents raised us and, and, um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a reflection of how, how things kind of turned out for us today, you know.
0: Definitely. So, and while you're growing up, it was interesting. What I read is that you guys, you know, I read something about how your parents really wanted to, you know, I don't know the area you grew up in, and you can comment on that. But they wanted to kind of, you know, keep you off the streets and kind of keep you involved in stuff. And I read that you guys were very involved in tennis, which was funny because I played tennis my whole life yeah. too, throughout college and high school. Oh, grew really? It. Wow. Yeah, yeah, so it was really cool to tell us a little bit about that and how you got involved in kind of semi-professional or uh, something like that. Well, yeah, you know, yeah, I
1: mean, you know, so we were raised in the city and my parents, you know, I mean, they saw that we were really interested in the club scene and stuff like that. And my mom was just like, you know, she wanted to, she, they were always afraid of the lifestyle that music brought, mm-hmm. and because they lived it, that was their life, right? And they didn't, they didn't necessarily, they didn't want us to not be involved in music, but it was the whole lifestyle that came with it all that really concerned them. So my mom got us involved in in tennis at a very very young age. I mean, like it, as as, as soon as we started playing piano, we started playing tennis. You know, she would bring us. Up the, the, the public park courts in, in, in the city, and, and and you know, we she she taught us how to play, and and, and um, yeah, I mean, she stuck tennis rackets in her hands at a very young age, and and that was what Roger and I, that's what we did. You know, we we played tennis and we did music. We played tennis and we did music, right. but the tennis kept us off the street. You know, it, it kept us out of trouble. It gave us something to work towards and strive towards, and. Um, yeah, I mean, we actually uh, ended up getting a tennis scholarship to school, which, um, you know, we, we took. You know, we, we had all these different tennis scholarships to play for these different schools all across the country. And
0: okay. I didn't really
1: want to do it. I didn't really want to go. I kind of just wanted to play professionally. my mom was just like, you know, you should take one of those scholarships. So, um, yeah, we took, a, we took a tennis scholarship to Florida State. We went to Florida State. Oh, nice. And played there for a year, and then we both turned professional after a year. And oh, wow. Um, yeah, and played played on the pro tennis circuit for a few years. Um, we we were living down in Brazil, in, in Sao Paulo, Brazil, um, playing tennis down there. And then we came back to the United States and played the whole U.S. circuit. And then we went over to Europe, and um, we were over in England, and I Crazy. actually left Roger. Yeah, we we were playing for a club over in England and we were doing the whole circuit over there and I actually like Rick
0: Logan how old were you, not to interrupt how old were you guys at about this time when you were over in Brazil and England and all this
1: 21 were 20 20 okay. well, we were 19 we were 19 when we went to Brazil and um, so we turned pro at 19 i was in college at 17 so um, played college yeah. for a year. And then, um, yeah, I mean, in January, um, when we turned 19, um, yeah, we, we went to Brazil. We signed a contract with Nike. And uh, oh I played, God. I only played for a few. I played for like three years, three or four years. And then I came back home to New York. Roger stayed out on the circuit for a couple of more years. And I locked myself in my bedroom for one year. And just wrote music. That's it. And why did
0: you you decide that you were kind of at your limit with tennis and you didn't want to take it any further? What was going on that you decided to come home?
1: Well, music was always a passion of mine, always. And Mm -hmm. I always traveled with an acoustic guitar. I was always writing. Everywhere I went, I had an acoustic guitar with me. But the tennis was, was tough. I mean, we were traveling all over the world. I was getting, you know we were winning and we were losing, but in my mind, I knew I was never going to be top 10 in the world. I knew I was never going to be top 50 in the world. You know, I mean, okay. I was, we were struggling, I, you know, our ranking was like 400, 300, low 200s in the world, which was great, but we weren't, I wasn't making any money. The, the, the circuit was a grind, you know, and we and mm-hmm. were just playing a lot of qualifying events and barely getting by, and it was a tough lifestyle, and I knew realistically mm-hmm. I was I was never going to be one of the one of the top players, so I just in my mind came home, told my mom I was taking a break. She didn't she didn't know what I was really doing, and <laughs> okay. I just locked myself in my bedroom for a year. I took a year off the tennis, and just wrote music. That's all I did was just write music, write music, write music, and I had this body of work, and decided that it was time for me to put together a band i was curious to get it up on its feet so that's what i did put together put together a band in new york city and um and started playing the local club scene in 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 new york i mean we played cbgb's eight times the continental mercury lounge the wetland limelight palladium played all the clubs in new york city and uh Actually, ended up um, we were managed by um, Kenny Laguna, who owned Blackheart Records and was managing Joan Jett at the time, and okay. took me under his wing. He took me under his wing and and started managing me as well. And and uh, we recorded a record with Blackheart Records. I mean, this just like right out of the gate for me. And, and right, he put me right. out on tour, put, put me out on tour with Joan Jett and the Blackheart. So like I had a little bit of success very very fast and i actually think that was probably the worst thing that happened to me because
0: it Why didn't really
1: last that long i knew nothing about the music industry i knew nothing right. about how to how to um you know how to act and how to how to present myself and 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 how to deal with the business part of mm-hmm. it and um it was a wide awakening uh you know eye opening time for me. Um, but, I mean, I learned a lot. You know, I made a lot of mistakes on, on how to deal with, you know, with people on a business level and how to, how to deal and with it. And real quick, while and,
0: you're, yeah, just while you're talking about that, that's, you know, I think that's something educational-wise you could share, especially with, you know, aspiring musicians out there, people in entertainment. What were, you know, maybe the top three or the top couple of mistakes that, like you said, being green, not really knowing how to you know, interact with people, what were some of the well, things that, Well, I mean, look, I mean, you, know, I mean, you
1: got to, tr- yeah, and it's a good question that you asked, but it's, you know, it's about maintaining a professional attitude no matter mm-hmm. what the circumstance is. you know, always, right. always keeping your head. I mean, look, when you're out on the road and you're touring, especially when you're opening up for another artist, you got to right. keep a professional head all the time, all the time. And look, not everything is going to run smoothly. Not everything is going to go your way, especially as an open, when you're opening up as, a, as an artist. You know, it's a privilege to be out there. It's a privilege Absolutely. for you to be in that position. You know, and it took me time to learn that and understand that and learn how to, to respect your other musicians, learn how to respect the musicians that you're with. I mean, not only just the musicians, but the tour managers that are out there the, the production team that's out there, everybody's watching. Everybody's watching. Everybody has eyes. Everybody has ears. And how you treat people and how and how you deal with people is, is very, very, very important. It's very important. Mm-hmm. And it's, 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 it's your reputation. And uh, your reputation goes, goes a, a long way. You know, so um, I learned a lot back in those days, you know. I mean, I might have been a little bit of a spoiled brat or just, you know, a little bit of a is boy, you know, and, and right. just didn't under just didn't understand things. And I remember um, we I was doing a show with Joan Jet um, up upstate. Um, I don't know if we were in Pennsylvania or upstate New York. And I did, we weren't getting paid for the show, but I mean the, the shows were uh, just incredible shows. You know, they were sold out, and it was great exposure for me at the time. Wow. And I didn't think anything of it. You know, I just thought I was. It didn't didn't make sense to me that i wasn't getting paid it didn't make sense to me that you know the way our dressing rooms were set up and i just didn't understand all of that no one ever told me anything my parents never taught me any of that stuff you know and and uh i didn't know you know and i would always raise you know raise questions with the tour managers and kenny and (laughs) and, and and yeah you know and i in the beginning stages, when I, was, when I was young, I was, you know, they, they thought I was a little bit difficult. And so Kenny called me up at my house one morning and says, Logan, you know, he goes, you're a very talented kid, very talented. And he goes, you're going to learn, you know, you're going to learn and things are going to come together for you and might take a little bit of time, he goes, but this is all learning experience for you. And I said, Kenny, you're absolutely right. And I wasn't exactly sure why he was calling. It was like 8 in the morning. But right. um, I said, yeah, Kenny, absolutely, absolutely right. Yeah, I, I get it, no problem. And he hung up the phone. We hung up the phone. It was, you know, it was kind of an interesting conversation. And, and I right. could never get him on the phone ever again. In fact, it was the last, it was the last time we ever spoke. Kenny and I. So but and Wait, wait, wait. The but he didn't even
0: like, he's kind of, you know, I could be between the lines. He's kind of saying, you know, you're going to have a great career, probably a lot of opportunities, but now is not the time, so to speak. But he didn't even like kind of bluntly say to you, you know, unfortunately some of the stuff you're doing is just kind of not coming nope, off. No, nope, you know never, I mean?
1: never explained oh it my to God. me. Just just basically said, just basically said, Logan, wow. you're going to learn how to handle things. And you're gonna learn how to deal with situations, and you're gonna learn all these things. And I mean, I was younger; I was young at the time, and I was very green. And back right. then, I had no idea what he was talking about. None. Today, it's a shame. I know it. Exactly couldn't have been what like a role model, about.
0: right? But it's a shame that he couldn't have maybe sat you down and said, you know, well, if this is what's going on, and if things don't start it's to for, improve. At the
1: time, at the time, I was cr- I was crushed. I was crushed because yeah. I looked at him as a father figure, you know, but right. he looked at me, he looked at me not as like a son or something. He just looked at me as a very, very talented musician. And that's it. And, and you know, I don't know. Um,
0: so why you know, not, I'm not move exactly, that? Why not take you? I don't you know. know. I, mean? I, don't know. I don't know.
1: I don't know. But what I do know is that it's something that was has been in my mind for many, many years and as my career has developed and rolled on, I know exactly what he meant. I know sure. I, I know exactly what he meant and I know exactly the situations that he was talking about, how I handled myself and, and how I would handle things differently now. You know, and right. it's just about learning about the business and, and learning how to be more professional and how you treat people, and it's basically like, look, it's like you, you have to respect the the that are ahead of you, the people that put the time right. in, the people that already put their time and hours and grinded their way through the music industry. They already, they already went through all that, you know, and me, I, mm-hmm. I was just a kid that, you know, was, was, everyone was telling me I was talented and all this and all that, and I thought I should have everything very quickly. And to a guy like Kenny possibly was like, you know what, he wanted to see me have a little more respect for the business, have a little bit more respect for the people that work, um, that, that, that put together the productions of these shows and stuff like that. And I understand mm-hmm. that. And I understand that now. And I understand what it takes to put together a tour. I understand what it takes to put together a whole uh, a team of people that make uh, a very successful tour and a very successful uh, Artist or band take off. You know, there's a lot of right. things going on behind the scenes that we don't always that right. we're not always familiar with, and that the fans will never, ever know about. That me, mm-hmm. I didn't know about them that either because I was never involved in that fact, you know? So when I was right. thrusted into that, it never dawned on me on how to really handle all of it, you know? And it was just it's a learning curve. It's a learning curve. And, and you know what? Even if someone would have told me, I probably would have made, Told me how to
0: deal yeah, with you things. Probably,
1: I probably would have handled right. it the same way, you know. And right. the only way you're going to learn sometimes in life is to go through the trials and
0: tribulations of it. And I did. Oh, definitely. And I did. Mhm. You know. And well, here's a here's a question for you then, because <laughs> remember I said in the beginning I'm a psychologist. So then on the flip side, this is what I'm fascinated about. How would you respond to this? And I don't even know. It might be a rhetorical question. I don't know if there's an answer. Extremely talented people out there, and we know who they are. These amazing national bands or musicians that you know are chronically so narcissistic and self-centered, and they don't learn, and they continue making the same mistakes. And evidently, they don't care. But somehow, you know, what I'm, you know what I'm saying. I mean, you learned.
1: No, I queen. do. I do know exactly what you're does. saying. And
0: I, <laughs>
1: but, but, but you want to know something? that I, I can't answer for them. I mean, look if you take if you take some of these artists out there. That are that way, like you have stated. Can you imagine if right. they weren't that way? How maybe how much more successful they might be, or how much right. more they might get out of their careers, or how much more of a positive response yes. they might get from their fans, or how, or maybe how many more records they might sell. I don't know. I don't have the answer to that, but I think it well, would be. Well, I kind of, I think it would. I
0: kind of do have the answer. It's it's, it's about personality disorders, and unfortunately, the good news is it doesn't yeah. even sound like you have one, but. When people have serious, you know, ingrained patterns that they've had their whole entire lives and that they don't see a problem with, that's that's where the issue comes into play because they will continue to repeat that because they don't see anything wrong with it. It doesn't bother them. So, yeah, but like you said, to me, Logan, it just, it baffles me because I know any little thing, and I've worked so hard with all the stuff I do on the side of, you know, my career as a psychologist, I'm so fortunate and just so grateful for any little thing. And people would be like, but that's really not a big thing. And I'm like, but you know what it is. Because I mean, you want to hear something
1: funny? Right now I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I'm on my way back. We just finished the Scott Island tour. I'm on my way back to Los Angeles.
0: And okay.
1: um, our driver, Scott Gaines, um, we pulled into Tulsa, and he wanted me to meet one of his friends. And it's this guy they call Uncle Don. This guy, Uncle Don, has been driving tour buses for probably since they built tour buses. I mean, this guy has driven everyone around from Johnny Cash to the Deftones, the BB King, the Green Day. I mean, everybody. So I'm sitting at dinner with him right before I got on the phone with you, and he's telling me a story. And I said, who was one of the most, you know, one of your most uh, favorite people that you ever drove around? He drove Dylan Mm -hmm. around. He drove everybody. And he had said to me it was B.B. King. And he said he learned a lot from B.B. King. he said that B.B. King was nice to everybody. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody that, that worked for him, everybody that didn't work for him. He signed every autograph. He took time out of his day for every fan, you know. And he says he learned a oh, yeah. lot by watching that and how he just gave people his time and his devotion, he never turned away an autograph, he never turned away a, a, a photo. Um, and to me, you know, I mean, it just, it, he, he said that he learned a lot by, by seeing that and witnessing that, and it changed how he started treating other people and, and how he started um, treating people um, that he would work with, you know, driving, driving buses with, with all these different artists. So I mean, you know, I mean, look, you take you take an artist like Peter King and see how kind of how he treated everybody. I mean, you know, I mean, he he prospered a lot in his career and and uh mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I I don't know if 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 some of these other artists would do the same, how much of an effect that would have, but I think it would have a, a pretty impactful one, you know, on, on their careers and, and others, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a great story. Thanks for sharing that. Definitely. Definitely. look. Well, because I want to fit a couple of songs in, and I definitely want to, again, still kind of progress into you guys writing, you know, com- composing music and doing all that stuff, and then eventually your fans and all the good stuff happening where people are like, when are you going to put out your own music? So let's um, let's check out the single that you guys have right, out right now called We Had It All, which is sure. Sure. a great radio ch- um, track. So tell us a little bit about, you know, the concept, the content of that song, and then we're going to listen to it, and then we'll come back.
1: Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, the song is called We Had It All, and it was basically um, a song that was written about my brother and myself, the trials and tribulations of us going through the music industry and how much the music industry has changed over the last five or six years. I mean, basically, mm-hmm. now you can do everything on your own with the way the Internet is, with, you have Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, with the way the digital market is, it it. it, it there's so much power that the musician has now that they didn't have six, seven, eight years ago. Um, it's right. it's the, way, the way the music industry is now. I mean, it's, it's incredible. And it's a, it's a beautiful time for young, upcoming artists. And that's exactly what this song is written about. I mean, Roger and I, you know, we, we traveled, we packed up our car, left New York, went out to California to try to forward our music career when we realized that we never really had to do that. We had everything we needed. We had it all. We had everything right at our fingertips. We knew how to record music. We knew how to write music. Um, The way the music industry is now, you could do everything on your own. I mean, you, 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 you have with Pro Tools and Pro Logic, you can record your own music. And the way with YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and iTunes, you can upload your own music onto the Internet and sell your own music and that's exactly what we what we started to do, and we built up our, we built up our fan bases and we, we established ourselves online, you know and and we really took time to build up our following in a grassroots way, but did it all online, and we never had to leave we never had to, to leave home. I finally realized we had everything we needed right at our fingertips, and it took time for me to realize that but That's exactly what the song is about. It's about we had it all, and we never had to leave home or never had to search too far. Raj and I had everything we needed between ourselves to to become successful or to get on the right path at uh, having a successful musical career.
0: Cool. Yeah. Okay, let's check it out. It's a great track, all right? We'll be back uh, in a minute, Logan, so thanks for sharing that. Okay, hold on. All right, everyone, again, you're listening to Logan Raskin, the vocalist of the Raskins. We're going to check out their hit single that is out right now titled We Had It All. and It is off their self-titled album, which is out tomorrow, so be sure to uh, get a copy of it tomorrow. So It's a great album. Like I said, many radio-friendly, just really catchy tunes on the album. So check it out. We Had It All, and we'll be back in a moment. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show. Again, the hit single We Had It All by the Raskins. And again, be sure to pick up a copy of their self titled album which is out tomorrow, May 13th. It's a great honor to have Logan on the show tonight and uh promote his album before it's released tomorrow. So let's bring him back on. All right Logan. Great, great track. Love it.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate awesome, that. Awesome,
0: awesome stuff. Yeah. So why don't you, uh, while we're talking about the music and then we're going to get a little into more talking about you guys before you put the band together, you know, please introduce the members of the band. Um, I know you have a couple of different guys on board helping you and uh, Roger out that are part of the band. Yeah. Yeah, we actually,
1: um, when it came time to put the actual members of the band together (laughs) to back us up, we decided to really try to find the strongest musicians that were around us and um, we brought on a uh, drummer Troy Patrick Farrell who was the uh, drummer for White Lion but he oh, was wow. one of those guys yeah I mean he was one of those drummers that you know I've seen play and I was just like yeah this guy is just a monster behind the drums <laughs> and I was so Roger why don't you just drop him an email and hit him up on Facebook, and you never know. He's like, eh, hey, he's not going to want the game. I'm like, Roger, email him. You never know. And he messaged <laughs> Absolutely. him.
0: Absolutely.
1: He, he, I think he was over in Europe, touring at the time, but, yeah, he got back to us and said he would, he would uh, love to meet up and hear the music, and we did. We met up with him, and he loved the music, loved what we were doing, and he uh, joined on, you know. So we brought toy on, and then <clears throat> there was a uh, bass player um, who I saw play in a band called the Chelsea Smiles. Um, they had a small run on Capitol Records and uh okay. Johnny yeah, Johnny Martin was his name and I saw them open for um social distortion and uh Okay. And I was just like, Wow yeah, that's probably one of the best bass players I've ever seen and Troy, I told Troy, I said, You know, we need to get a bass player and he said, Well, I know a couple of bass players and there's this one guy, Johnny Martin, that might be interested. I said, Johnny Martin from Chelsea Smiles, he said, Yeah, I said, Bring him on. I said, Definitely <laughs> So um he got in touch with Johnny and Johnny said he would he would love to love, love to join and he did and uh, <clears throat> um so yeah, Johnny Martin was in place and and then we needed uh, a lead guitarist and um we uh There was a guitar player that was playing around town, um, this guy Jet Lopez, (laughs) who we saw play in several different bands and several different clubs around town, and um, we saw him play at the Whiskey Go-Go, I guess we had one of his bands that he was playing with at the time, I think they were opening up for Buck Cherry, and, um, Mm and I was just like, wow, this kid is just, he's a young kid, and... What, what, a, what a talent And um, We met him after the show And told him about our project And um, He said yeah Well He goes yeah Here's my cards Give me a call or I'll get you guys Some of my music And give me some of your music And And we did We swapped information And uh, Yeah I mean I You know we He he joined He joined on as well So It's like we put together This super group of guys And um, We've been playing together now For You know Almost Uh about a year and a mm-hmm. half. And, okay. Um, and, yeah, I mean, we, Roger and I, you know, it took us some time to put together all the music. We were writing for about, probably about a year before we actually put together the actual band, but, um, well, once we got all the pieces in place with these guys, uh, it just, things just really took off, and we started doing it's shows great. locally, and <clears throat> the local shows were just incredible, and, um we really focused on building up our local uh, fan base, both in Hollywood and in New York city. And, um, things really started to take off for us. And we were doing consistent sold out shows locally. And, uh, you know, and then we, you know, like I said, we focused also on building up the fan base online as well. And, um, you know, we, we recorded the record and got the record in the can and, um Sony picked up the record. Sony read and uh and pretty that's much awesome. you know, with the, the record comes out comes out on the thirteenth of May, which is what, tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, so,
0: that's um, what I said. It's, I love having you I love having bands on the day before they release it. I've had the um what's it called, the honor of doing that with you guys and a couple of other bands and it's just always a really cool thing to you yeah, know, promoting it be for t- coming out.
1: Yeah, it's exciting times for us. Um um, we, we tried to get a lot of momentum uh, going into the release of this record. We did a whole winter tour, which was just the Raskins. You know, we didn't really play with anybody special in particular. We just did like a club tour. We um, to mm-hmm. did about 15-plus uh, shows on the East Coast and did a lot of radio and stuff like that. And um, and then we got asked to join the Scott Wiling tour, which was... Uh, pretty exciting for us, I mean, you know, growing up, you know, being influenced by him and his music Mm -hmm. uh, for so many years, and then having the opportunity to play with him was was a big deal, so... And um, I think, um,
0: Logan, real quick, you guys are just a great fit for them, too, you know what I mean, like, because you do have a very interesting sound, and, you know, sometimes it can be hard to find a good band, you know, to... To put certain bands with, you know what I mean? So I think that's no, a great exactly and, and the style.
1: I, exactly, I thought the styles matched really well, but of course we wanted to do the tour, but he had to okay it. So he, you know, he 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 listened to all our music, he saw our videos, and really was aware of what we were doing. And he was just like, absolutely, I'd love to have these guys come out with us. So I mean, he okayed okay. it, and um, and yeah, I mean, we did. We did about twelve shows with them and it just was an incredible tour. We we did our, our last show, um last night in Lexington, Kentucky. Which was a okay. full show. It was it was incredible and uh yeah, I mean it was it's a great way for us to just get that um momentum coming into the release of this record tomorrow
0: nice. That's awesome. And, you know, let's pull in a little bit. It's interesting because, you know, you're with your brother pretty much 24-7, and then I read about your older brother, Micah, is your business manager. So talk a little bit about him, but also talk about, you know, what is it like to have all these family members involved? I'm sure the nice thing is you guys can trust each other. The other thing is, does it sometimes get a little, you know, challenging? I mean, in terms of, you know, getting into maybe some difficult moments, so to speak. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: Well, it's a good question. I mean, of course, you know, when you're dealing with family and stuff like that, you're going to have your ups and your downs and all of that. But I can honestly say that I tried many years to do it on my own, you know, and, right. and like we were talking about earlier when I left the tennis circuit, I did it all on my own. I was just, you know, my parents just gave me the foundation of music, but the time... I was in, in the time where they came from, the music industry was very, very different. So there was no right. one really helping me inside the industry itself. I was going in blind. And I had no one helping me. No one, just you know, guiding me through it. And it was tough. I mean, I had a lot of positive things happen, a lot of negative things happen. I learned as I went along. And, um, but I have to honestly say, that things didn't really, really, really start to take off for myself and, and until one. I got Roger, my twin brother, heavily involved, and we started seriously, you know, taking the time to write music together and work together, and, and eventually play in this band together. That's when things really started to happen. But on a business level, when I brought my brother Mike in, who went to school for business. Went to Baruch Business School in Manhattan and um, worked on Wall Street and all that stuff. Has an incredible business mind. It wasn't until mm-hmm. we brought him in to the picture things really took off for us. And he just gave us a proper foundation um, and 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 the and the business fundamentals that we never really had. Nor you know, it, it, well, from his from his standpoint, it's coming from a place of caring, you know, and, and really wanting to see us succeed and making all the proper moves and taking the proper steps to set things up uh, in, the, in the right way uh, business-wise. And since he's been, in, been involved, I mean, things have really taken off for us. And he so he handled all our business affairs, Micah. Um, he's the one that actually brought our, brought our record into Sony. He's the one that handled the whole deal. It was all, it was all wow. his doing. Yeah, so, I mean, he brokered the whole deal. Um, he put our whole team together. Um, he put our whole team together, our management, um, everybody. He, he, he brought on Chip. Um, you know, he's the one that brought in Sony Red. And, yeah, it's been incredible. I mean, of course you're going to have your 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 arguments and your, your quarrels. But, right. I mean, that wouldn't, you know, it's, it's family stuff. But um, at the end of the day... He's got my back. I have his back, same with Roger. And um, it's been an incredible ride since, since you know, I've had gotten them both involved. And, um, you know, we're, you know, things are, things are really going really well for us right now.
0: That's awesome. I think what's interesting, too, I mean, I know you have the Sony Red Distribution, like you've been talking about, which, you know, congratulations. Yeah. That's just awesome. And that Thanks. was, I think, from what I read, the, the main one that you wanted. Like, you really wanted to you know, be a part of, of them for your distribution, sure, correct? Sure, sure. I mean, we had yeah.
1: we had everything in place. We decided to put together, you know, we, we had gotten offers from several different major labels, and we had done so much work already leading up to us getting all these different offers from these labels. Right. Our attorney, we had a big meeting with our attorneys, and he put, like, dropped, like, four or five different contracts in front of us and said, look, these are, these are major label contracts, guys. You know, what do you guys want to do? And I was just like, well, you know, I mean, 10 years ago, I would have looked at these things and passed out. Like, <laughs> right. How hard was it to get a, a major label contract? Right. And here I am sitting in my attorney's office. I have four or five major label deals sitting right in front of me. And he says, Just pick one, sign one, do it. and I said, Well, as my attorney, what would you advise? And he looked at me, he goes, Well, honestly, he goes, I I I wouldn't I wouldn't touch these. He goes, You guys don't right. need it. You've done all you done all this work on your own He goes, What do you need them for? To do what? What are they gonna do that you guys haven't already done on by yourself already? So right. that's what we did. I mean, we decided that we were just gonna we were just gonna um um we were just going to do it ourselves, and we put together a label ourselves. And, um, you know, we called it Morale, which stands for Micah, M.I., Roger, and Logan, put together our own label, and um, we had everything together. The videos were in the can. You know, the music was done, and the team was put together, and Micah was just like, well, basically, now we have to get distribution. You know, where do you guys want to go? And I said, Micah, well, there's really only one place for us to go. And I said, where I it go? Take it into Sony. They're the biggest. Right. Let's, right. Let's start start there. Okay. So you know you know, he and the attorneys and whatever, they set up the meeting and they took on the meeting and um Micah went down there and basically they signed they signed it in twenty minutes. You know, and oh and, my and, gosh. and and that was it. I mean we had I wow. now I have my own label. I have a hundred percent control, creative control. Um we can do whatever we want, and we have Sony as our distribution now. Their name is right on my yeah. record. So it's like that's exactly what that song, We Had It All, is written about, and, it's, and that's the way the music industry is set up now where the, the artists, if they're not lazy and they take their time and, and really educate themselves, they can do it all on their own, you know, and that's exactly what we did. You know? And we, that's what we, I was...
0: We, When you were talking about that, Logan, that's exactly what I was going to be getting at, but I wanted to let you go because you were talking so nicely about it. But, yeah, I was going to talk about how exactly you guys just kind of decided why give everything away to something else when you guys have worked so hard to put all this stuff together. And I think today, you know, especially with up-and-coming artists, sometimes they see a major label and they see a deal and it's like, oh, my God, you know, that's what we need. And I agree with you 100%. I'd rather be independent and, like you said, have a great team, have as much control over it as you can, and uh, be able to, you know, have the creative freedom to do what you want. It's, it's, it's awesome yeah. that you, you know, do and that. It's,
1: it's, a little, it's a little bit intimidating, but it doesn't sure. have to be. You know, and, it's, and it really just comes down to educating yourself. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and I have learned a lot about the music industry you know, from a business standpoint. I've learned a lot on the technical side as well. Learned how to record a record. Learn how to mix a record. Learn how to master a record all on my own. Learn how to market a record. Right. Learn how to use the internet to to our benefit, you know. And learn how to sell a record. You know, these are things that artists should take time to learn. Know, know how, how does a, how does a record get distributed, and how does a, how does a record get produced, and how does a record get put out there, and the process it takes to go through it, you know. Take time and learn learn all those things and, and, and we did, and I realized that these are all things that I really could be doing on my own, putting my own thing together and and we did that you know obviously with the help of my you know my two brothers and uh we're continuing to do that you know it's it's um it's very exciting for us, and we're at an exciting point right now, and things are really you know moving move along nicely and I'm excited about the future coming up
0: cool cool no it's great it's great to hear you guys again work so hard like you said and learn the ropes and um, you know be able to really you know look back now on everything you've done and be proud of it and you know know that you guys did it on your own too it's great yeah
1: I mean it's very self gratifying you know it really is it really is
0: I, yeah and I think people don't realize sometimes that you know it's it's kind of you know when I was Doing a lot of the music stuff And again, I'm I'm not at a level I don't do it nearly, you know, intensely As you guys do it in the major national bands But similar to you, I was by myself And it really taught me a lot Just in the shows and managing all the social media And finding members And people don't appreciate how hard that really is And believe me, I can't even imagine At your level trying to, you know Do what you guys did It's just, yeah, it's very surreal And just it's unbelievable
1: No, but it's it's difficult But at the same time you're doing what you love to do, and you're doing what you're passionate about. So right. it doesn't necessarily seem like work to us because we're right. involved in something that we're so passionate about. But, of course, we work very, very hard at it because we are passionate about it. But it makes it all that much sweeter when you start to see the success sure. from all the hard work kind of slowly start to pay off, you know?
0: Definitely. So if it's okay with you, because I know, you know, we had it all as the main single you guys had out there. I know, um, you know, Chip had given me a couple of songs to check out. And um, could we play on the radio?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That would be great, which okay. is actually going to be cool. our second single.
0: That's what, and it was funny because I had seen you guys talking about something with the radio or something being the second one, but it wasn't worded the same way that it was, at the title I received. So I'm like, I'm assuming that this is the same one because when I was streaming it, that was the only one, you know what I mean? That I saw that had that title. So yeah, it's a great track. And, uh, tell us a little bit about that one.
1: Well, I mean, the song is called on the radio and you can kind of guess what it's, what it's written about. I mean, basically every artist, I mean, it's, you know, they when you're growing up, striving to be a musician or be successful on I mean, the, right. um, you you always dream about hearing yourself on the radio. I mean, it's probably the first thing you think about, you know, um, and mm-hmm. for every artist, I don't care if, if you're, you know, Bob Dylan or Bruce Springsteen or just some young local uh, upstart musician coming up, um, you know, you never forget the first time you hear one of your songs on the radio. You, you never do. And for my brother and I, that was a very impactful moment for us, um, you know, and, and it was some it was a point in time that I will never forget and I just felt, you know, on the first record I it was something that I wanted to, to write about and talk about. And uh being that it was such an important uh moment for us in our musical career, um, yeah, no matter how big or how small, it's still one moment that I will never forget and I felt it was it was an important uh, topic to touch upon, and, 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 and we did. And, and I wanted to write a song that was, you know, very pop-friendly, uh, a song that, that, you know, young kids can listen to and older folks can listen to, too. So, you know, a really feel-good, happy song, and, and I believe that we accomplished that with this particular track and, and, you know, titled On the Radio.
0: Definitely. Definitely. It's a great song. So uh, let's check it out. Thanks for sharing that. All right, and then we'll come back. We'll talk about few more things and then i'll eventually let you go (laughs) because i don't believe i can go on with you all night but uh all right okay hold on logan okay everyone again logan raskin from the raskins and we're going to now check out the second hit single which will be released off of their album it's a self-titled album out tomorrow so be sure to pick up a copy of it and here we go their track on the radio On the radio by the Raskins, and again, check out their album tomorrow. It is self-titled and out on May 13th. And again, welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show. Want to do a couple of quick plugs? I haven't had the opportunity actually to do these in a little while, so uh, let me just plug Davin's Den. It is a fast-paced podcast featuring comedians Davin Rosenblatt, Joe Curry, and Pipheo. So if you're looking for a show that can make you think and laugh, they go live. 6.30 p.m. Eastern, Tuesday nights. I'm a huge fan of comedy. You've got to check these guys out and go to DavinComedy.com. All right, so let's bring Logan back on. Okay, Logan, welcome back. Great, great track.
1: Thanks, Carrie. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, really, really good stuff. And again, like I said, all the songs are are really cool. I can't wait to uh, hear the album in its entirety when it comes out. So I look forward to that. So um, you, yeah. I know we, you know, just because of the time and stuff, and I, you know, I know you're probably very busy, so I don't want to keep you on forever. But um, tell us a little bit about what a type of things you and your brother um, composed for, because I know you said you composed for TV and film, and you know, just give us, you know, some uh, some information on that in terms of what you guys were doing before sure. the Raskins came out.
1: Yeah, I mean this this project actually started as a writing project. I mean Roger and I were really just composing music for TV and film. And we were doing that for, for quite some time and um, did did a, did a bunch of films um, uh, with, we worked with a company called Bold Films and um, did a, a bunch of films for them, a movie called uh, A Slingshot with uh, David Arquette and uh, did a film oh, called nice. Middle, of, uh, Middle of Nowhere with uh, Susan Sarandon and, um, we did a uh, did a film, and and we were writing all the music for for, for, for these projects, and um, wow. we wrote all the music for a film called uh, uh, what was it called Minnie's First Time, uh, starring uh, Alex Baldwin and Jeff Goldblum, mm-hmm. um, and then um, we we wrote a lot of the music for CSI Las Vegas, and um, cool. did a lot of music placements for a lot of different. Uh, the reality shows like LA Inc and um, just, you know, a lot of different stuff for mm-hmm. for ESPN, you know, the uh, Winter X Games and stuff like that. So, I mean, we were doing that for quite some time and, and what was starting to happen was we were just receiving an overwhelming amount of emails from, from people and fans, not only in the United States but all over the world, basically asking, you know, one, where can we get the music and two, when... Where can we see you guys play live,
0: and we right. realized that
1: it was just a matter of time where like you know the writing was on the wall that we were gonna have to probably put together a band, you know I mean, it just seemed like that was the direction this thing was heading and and it just got to a point where Roger and I just decided look i mean it it seems from the response that we're getting from 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 all of this that people are really uh, showing an interest in it so we decided to, you know, put together the Raskins. I mean, we were always addressed as the Raskins. No one could really tell us apart. So all the music okay. supervisors that we used to work with just used to address us as the Raskins. You know, they didn't, they didn't, wouldn't call us Logan or Roger. They couldn't tell who was who, so they just would, would address us as the <laughs> Raskins. And that's, and that's really how we got the name for, for the band. We decided to call it the nice. Raskins. And, um um, yeah, I mean, we you know we put together the band like I, I told you how we did, and and uh, decided to um, write all new music for for the record, and really took our time with that. Took about a year to do that. Um, we recorded about fifty plus songs, and um, oh my gosh. took took yeah, took 12, twelve of the songs that I felt represented us and and our influences and our styles the best possible and what best way possible and put them on the record, and, and, and I think we have a real, real cool balance of songs on there that, that represent us um, and, and, and show the public our, our music styles, our writing styles, and our influences growing up, you know.
0: Definitely, and this is an interesting question. So you guys are identical twins, as you mentioned. People can't yeah. really tell you apart. Who was, who was born first?
1: Uh, me, Logan. I'm 12 minutes older. <laughs> okay. So I'm, okay. I'm, 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 the and, uh... older, I'm the older brother. <laughs>
0: You're the older one, but I'm, not, I'm H- not necessarily
1: the more responsible one. I think that okay. would definitely falls <laughs> upon the shoulders of Roger. Uh, just, you know, okay. our, our, even though we are identical twins, we're, our personalities
0: are are very, very different. Well, that was my uh, that was my next question. So, how oh, yeah. you know, personality wise, I guess, just give us a couple of traits of each of you and how you are different.
1: Well, I mean, we're like yin and yang. I mean, you know, Roger's very calculated, very responsible, you know, very neat. Has, has everything okay. together and, and very organized. And you know, me, I'm the polar opposite of that. You know, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm hectic, I'm crazy, I'm intense. Um, um I'm, I'm, I'm not neat. <laughs> you know, I'm a big <laughs> risk taker, big risk taker.
0: Wow. Um,
1: but but the, but the, the combination of the two of that together is a very right. powerful one, and it's and it's one that has um, that has generated the success of of, of of our successes to this point.
0: Well, I think you know it's interesting. I mean, I, I I'm just reflecting back on, and again, it's been a long day. I work in corrections, so my mind is just uh, sometimes sure. after interviewing people for eight hours, my mind starts to get a little warped, but. I'm just reflecting back on something you said earlier where you said, you know, you were the one who said to your brother, you know, hit up that drummer. Where you say, oh, no, he's not going to get in touch with us. It's not going to happen. You're yeah. like, just try it. Well, just try it. And I'm just,
1: Absolutely, ahead. absolutely. You know, I mean, right. Roger sees, you know, he sees Troy as this really aggressive guy that's out there. Has, he has a big fan base himself. And me, I'm the kind of guy like, you have nothing to lose, man. You know, exactly. go after him. You know, always think big. You know, Roger's a little more conservative. Me, I'm all or nothing, all or nothing, you know. And and at this stage in the game, what do we have to lose? So that's kind of the mentality and the difference between Mm -hmm. the two of us. But it's a a really nice balance, you know.
0: I mean, that's not – I mean, I agree with you in that situation. It's not like – you're going to do something where you're going to risk losing all your money or something, but I agree. You don't know if you don't try, and you know what I mean? And what's the worst that's going to happen? Someone's going to say no or they're not going to get back to you, right? I mean, that's the worst that's going to happen. Of course,
1: exactly. exactly. Yeah, you know, right? Exactly. Rod is probably, I mean, we're both sensitive guys, but he's probably a little more sensitive to me. Um, okay. You know, I have, a heart, I have a probably a harder shell and can take criticism and stuff. I mean, look, being in the music industry, you have to have very tough skin. You know, because you're you're, you're putting putting stuff out there into the universe, and you know what? Not everyone's gonna always love it. And Roger, it, he takes you know he takes criticism very. Tell him I'm like, look, man, not everyone is gonna love everything that we do. You can't please everybody, but the most mm-hmm. important thing is that you you do what makes you happy. You, you as long as you're happy with um your the result and the product that you're putting out there, that's the first and most important. Thing. And I know that both of us are very very happy With what we've done to this point We're happy with the music that we've written
0: And we're happy
1: with how We present ourselves to the public And however they perceive that Or want to take that That's really out of our control And I tell him them like, right. you, can't control, you can't control those things You can't control what people are going to say You can't control how people are going to perceive you know, Your record and how you guys are on stage All you can do is is put your best foot forward, give 100% all the time, and whatever happens, happens at that point, you know. And, and so that's what we do, and that's what we've done to this point. And so far, things are going pretty good. <laughs> so I
0: can't complain. Nice. No, and I think that's, I think that's a great way to put it, and, and hopefully Roger will, you know, pick up on some of that stuff that you're trying to teach him in terms of just, like you said, just being confident. You're putting this great material out there. No one, not everyone's going to like it. But you know what? Yeah. You guys are confident about it, and that's, that's what matters, um, and that, that yeah, is so no no, important. No, and we're we doing it, all, and we're doing it our way, which is
1: right. which is the most important thing to both of us, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, and it, that's what excites us. You know, I'm not I'm not here saying it's we're the next Led Zeppelin, or we're the next Rolling Stone, um, uh, much as we'd like to be, but you know, it's I'm just saying that this is us. You know, right. and and this this is who we are, this is the music that we write, this is the music that we want to put out right now, and I'm um, I'm very very satisfied with that, and we'll see how the the, the public um, responds to that. And so far with the single, it's been a very positive response, and hopefully it'll be the same way with the record, the whole album.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, why don't you talk a little bit about um, you're going on tour with uh, Saving Abel, great band. And then um, yep. I saw something about you going on tour with was it Motley Crew? <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. That's just wow. So just share just, a little um, bit about that, and then we'll start uh, we'll start tying things up. Well,
1: I mean, basically, I mean, our tour schedule started off. We were going to do some Raskin, just rasking individual one off, uh, one off throughout the country, basically targeting um, the areas around the country where our single is getting played. And so that's how we started off our tour. And then we had the opportunity to do some stuff with Saving Able, which, you know, I'm, I'm fans of these guys. I'm familiar with the, their body of work and, mm-hmm. and how these guys went about building up their fan base and a lot, a lot loads of respect for those guys. So for, for for Roger and myself to have the opportunity to go out with them, I was – we jumped all over the opportunity at that. And plus, a lot of the markets that those guys hit, our record is being played. So to me, it was just a no-brainer. So we signed on to do about 20-plus shows with them. We also nice. um, scheduled, scheduled in there some Raskin stuff, just like one-off Raskins, you know, just for just headlining ourselves and, and smaller venues and stuff like that. And then, and then we got offered the Scott Weiland thing. It was kind of a last-minute thing. Um, we basically had two weeks to put it all together, um, but I jumped all over that opportunity. So we did that whole tour, which just went incredible. And then, um, yeah, I mean, while, you know, in the middle of that tour, I think we were in our second show on the Wyland tour, I get the email from, from my brother Micah and our booking agent saying that we just got offered 27 shows with Motley Crue and Alice Cooper. Oh, my God! And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? Like, I looked at the email, I'm like. Are you kidding me, man? So I like, I call Micah, I'm like, Micah, is this for real, man? He says, Dude, It's for real you know and I'm like, Well, where would the first show be? He said, Well, your first show would be at the Hollywood Bowl. I am like, What? And then and I said, Well,
0: where would our last
1: <laughs> where would our last show be? Well, your last show would be at Madison Square Garden.
0: I'm like, Oh my gosh from? Are you kidding me, man? That's so awesome. I mean
1: I mean it's a little overwhelming, you know, and mm-hmm. I really i don't I really try not to get too far ahead of myself with it all, but um it looks like it's it looks like it's gonna be a pretty exciting summer, needless to say you know um we're we I mean we're obviously definitely looking forward to it all um, but what we try to do is just focus on what we have um you know just ahead of us. I don't look too far ahead, and you know, I'm looking forward to you know getting out with Saving able and and knocking out those shows, you know. I mean, like, uh, you know, we got offered this news while we were into our second show with Scott Wyland. So I'm just like, I was in heaven playing Scott Wyland shows. And that's
0: right, all of a sudden right. I'm going,
1: I'm going to go from playing uh, sold-out 1,500-seat venues to sold-out 25,000-plus things.
0: Oh, you know? my God. And so That's for, amazing. Hey, for
1: this little this little kid from Queens, New York, and, and going up <laughs> in the Lower East Side of Manhattan, you know what I'm
0: saying? It's a little hard for me to process. <laughs> so I
1: really Yeah, but you know what? Like you said, that.
0: just try to live in the moment and just, you know, yeah. see how far you guys have come and all the hard work you've done. So it's just, it's you great. Know, and that's exactly it, Terry. That's exactly
1: it. And that's really what we're trying to do is just live in the moment. And I'm really it's not hard. even thinking about it. I'm not even thinking about it. I'm just, right now I'm on a tour bus trying to get back to Hollywood, clear my head. We have 10 days off. And then our touring mm-hmm. starts up again, May 23rd. So I'm just kind of taking it step by step like that and just trying to each show give 100%, you know, make sure I we, we sign as many autographs and spend as much time with all the fans as, as possible, take as, many, take as many pictures as possible with the fans, and, and, and then just kind of roll like that. And, and, and we'll see kind of how, how, how the summer progresses and the rest of the year progresses for us, you know?
0: Right. Well, that's that's just great. I mean, it really is, Logan. And I commend you guys and, and wish you guys so much success with the album tomorrow. It's going to be. I think it's going to be a, it's going to be an awesome year for you guys with this album.
1: Yeah. Well, we're definitely very excited about it all.
0: Cool. So, you know, as always, you're always welcome back on the show, So, you know, keep in touch. Let me know if you have uh, some new material in the future. I'm sure you're going to be pushing this for a while. But um, I'd love to have you back on at some point and uh, do some Anytime, more uh, promoting for I, you. It was
1: really It was a real real fun speaking with you and anytime you want to have us back on you know we're we're there cool. just let us know
0: nice and I appreciate it too if you can uh, you know the podcast will be available too so if anyone for some reason didn't hear the live show um, if you could plug that out on your social media pages that would be great
1: yeah we most, most certainly most certainly will I'll, we'll put up our, our, on, I'll put it up on our website and our uh, Facebook page Twitter and we'll definitely get it out there on social media
0: that would be great, great, because I really, like I said, put a lot of effort into these, and I really want people to have an opportunity to you know, hear you guys talk from a different perspective.
1: So. Of course, absolutely. It's, it's, cool. it's important for us to, to, give, to, to give that perspective to our fans and the public.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, Logan, again, congratulations with uh, the album, and uh, give my best to everyone in the band, and I can't wait to see what's to come with you guys, and uh, much success to you.
1: I will. Thank you so much for having me on, Carrie, and and loads of success to you as well. And I look forward to speaking with you again.
0: Okay. Sounds great, Logan. Thank you so much again for coming on.
1: My pleasure. Take care, dear.
0: Have a great night, Logan.
1: Bye. Okay, you too.
0: Bye-bye. All right, everyone. Again, Logan Raskin from the Raskins. Be sure to pick up a copy of their album tomorrow which drops on May 13th. And as we played tonight, we played a couple of their singles. We had it all as well as on the radio. So if for some reason you tuned in late to the show, uh, you can check out the podcast after it's over. And it'll be available to download and stream. Again, thank you so much everyone for tuning into the show. Please download the podcast. Search for whatever you want, rock bands, hard rock bands, metal, comedians. Filmmakers, we have them all on the show, and as I said, I do a really in-depth interview with all my guests. Every interview ranges from an hour to sometimes an hour and a half, as we saw tonight. So, um, again, follow me on Twitter at Carrie Edelman. If you follow me, I will follow you. Also, become a a fan of the Carrie Edelman Show. That's where you can find all the updates for upcoming shows, events, and more. And I do have two personal pages going on Facebook. One of them uh, has the 5,000 max, but I have another one, so... Again, I love to keep in touch with people, so please uh, befriend me on Facebook, and uh, we can keep in touch that way too. So thanks so much for tuning to this show. We have coming on in the near future, I'm in the works, I have a, a waiting list of uh, people for the show. So actor Sal Sergia, he is going to be coming on shortly, probably within the next couple of weeks. He was from the hit series TV show Oz, so we're going to have him on. It's going to be a really cool interview. Um, I work in corrections, so that's going to be a, a nice uh, kind of transition for my real-day job to talk about what it's like to be on a TV series that is filmed within a prison environment. Also, I want to give a plug out to tonight Richard Sergio Boni. He is from The Grimps. It is um, He's the creator. It is a children's rock and roll TV series. It's animated, and uh, he's in the works of putting that together, so check him out. Go to thegrimps.com. You can hear the hit song for the show and uh, look at the storyboard and some of the stuff that is coming along with it. And I'm helping him out a little bit and looking forward to uh, hopefully being a part of it. It's a great, great show that he's putting together. Um, So again, thanks for tuning in. I wish everyone a great night, and uh, please become a fan of the Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook, and you will see all the updates for the guests on the show. So thanks for tuning in, and have a great night.